0: What did I
1: did do. You have to agree for me to record you. Got,
0: got it, got it, Yeah.
1: Good evening. Although I'm sure the man needs no introduction, as he's a legend, I have the lovely Owen with me. Good evening, Owen. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Hi, Donna, how are you doing? Uh-huh. I'm Owen Mullen, a Scottish crime writer. I'm talking to you tonight from Glasgow. Um, where I just arrived in a couple of weeks ago, having lived in uh, abroad for about 16 years, between abroad and here, but uh, we went there for the sunshine, but the weather became a bit too much sunshine, a bit too many heat waves, and we decided eventually to come back. So that's where I'm tonight. All of the books I've written, when I went there, I wasn't a writer. Um, I hadn't written anything except marketing scourges and stuff for people because of had the a marketing business. That's all I'd written. Um, I I'd won a short story competition when I was a kid, when I was 10. I hadn't written anything. So all my books up to, up to right now have been written in Crete. So when I start writing again in a couple of weeks, as I was telling you just recently, uh, book number, what would it be? 12, I think, are published books. I've written more than that, but of the published ones. And it's crime fiction, because uh, uh, that's what I would write, read. Uh, so I tend to try to write a book that I would want to read. Uh, that's always the ambition. I always try to make the new book better in some way than the last book. Uh, yeah, these are just just triggers to try to get, get you going, get you in, into the groove. So the next book, when I start over here, I'll write it from here. And that will be the first book that I haven't written in Greece. I'm looking forward to all that. And it's great to see you again.
1: And you. Absolute pleasure. (laughs) Um, And we are talking just after the release of your latest book. So would you like to tell everyone about that?
0: Okay. The latest book is this one behind me. It's called The Accused. It's number four in the Channel of series, which is set in Glasgow. I tend to write, write other things, but I tend to write... Two series. One is the Glass family, which is set in London. Um, uh, There's three books so far in that family. Um, Two actually, only two out. Family Insider, and in January the third one, Hustle, comes out. This one, the the accused, is the fourth one in the Charlie Cameron series, which started off with Games People Play, then moved on to the Wronged, and then on to Whistleblower. Um the those second and third books had been released previously by a previous publisher. So this publisher renamed them. Uh they were really keen to get the back catalogue, and that was great because they recovered it pushed out again, did new marketing, and kind of really breathed fresh life into the whole thing. And it was them that encouraged me to do, they suggested actually that I do a fourth Charlie Cameron book. Um so I was pleased to do that, and I'm got I'm pleased the way it worked out. I'm, I'm, Happy without worked out. It's pretty gritty. Have you read it? You haven't read it?
1: No, so I'm those, ashamed.
0: So all those books you were telling me that you, you were up to your eyes reading, unfortunately, mine wasn't among them.
1: It will be. It's on my TBR.
0: Listen, Just my TBR's in Mountain. I need to go. <laughs> I want to talk to people who've read my books.
1: I've read one of them. Oh, good. And I oh, loved another. it. And it got a massive five stars. Which one was that? Can you remember? It was the first Glass Family one. Oh, Family. Yeah. Family. Yeah, yeah. That's one it of was my favorites. Awesome.
0: Yeah. That, that was one, one of my favorites, actually. And some people thought the second one was, was better. At, and, the publisher thinks the third one, which has come out in January, she thinks that's the best of the lot. Uh, so we'll see. So there's a funny thing about reading books. People sometimes write and say, "Oh, I didn't think this was as good as the last one," or "I didn't think I thought this of that." And they always think it's about the book. Now, often it will be about the book, but they never factor in where they are, where we are in our heads at that time. Are we tired? Are we distracted? Uh, we're happy or unhappy, whatever. Um, because these these things all influence me. Often, Christine and I have started watching a film, and turned it off after ten minutes, I said, "Nah, it's not." Three years later, we find it and watch it again and love it. I think, well, what well, what was the, what was the difference? The difference was, was well, the film's the same. So I think the same applies to books. So I finished the accused. Uh, it came out. Uh, two days ago, it's been great reviews already. Um, we'll just see how it does.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of the reviews and I really want to read it. But honestly, you authors, so demanding. I just don't have time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we've, 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 we've got all the time in the world, really. All <laughs> I know. <laughs> drinking coffee all day and watching Cash in the Attic.
1: <laughs> Procrastinating, yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> Home's under the hammer. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> or or on a really good day, escape to the country. <laughs> you
1: need to watch um Antiques Road Trip.
0: Oh, I can't I, I love it. I love it. When all these people are going crazy and uh, jumping up and down because they've made 12 quid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'd be your own red or blue jersey. I think that's what would swing it for me. Yeah, I'm being, being facetious, of course. So the book is about Charlie Cameron, uh, who's a Glasgow private detective. He's surrounded with the usual coterie of uh, people: Patrick Wog, um, the detective, the, the policeman, and Andrew. Andrew Geddes now you have to take my word for this, Donna, because you haven't, unlike some of the people who are watching this, you, <laughs> you haven't bothered to read any of it. So I'll, so I'll, I'll make you go, Donna, honestly.
1: <laughs> I'm not finished with you yet. You ain't going nowhere, mate. <laughs>
0: okay. So it's a great book. Read it, everybody. Tell me what you think.
1: It's on my list, all right? <laughs> I will.
0: A very, 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 very long list.
1: Yeah, you have no idea.
0: <laughs> about, ten, about 10 places behind going to work.
1: <laughs> Trust me, if I had a choice, I would not go to work and I would read your book instead, but you don't pay my bills and work does, well, so sadly. If, if i start paying your retainer. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We we can talk about that, definitely. If I don't ever have to step foot in Greg's again, that's fine.
0: <laughs> but I need an exclusive, of course. I pay you, you read my books, you don't read anybody else's. Uh,
1: you might have a couple of hundred authors that would take offence to that. Maybe not a couple of hundred, maybe that's a bit extreme, but...
0: Yeah, a couple of hundred who are still waiting for you to read their books.
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah. I'm on a lot of art lists, all right, and be I beat a read now and stuff. So you know what can I say?
0: You could say hi, owner, read the book.
1: <laughs> I will, just not right now. I read
0: it before. I read it because I've known for weeks that you were coming on tonight. <laughs> just a thought, you know.
1: Yes, you make a good point.
0: <laughs> I don't know. you should give your Christmas. A file of facts.
1: <laughs> People are always buying me diaries and stuff. Get organised. I am organised-ish. That's what my Facebook group's for. <laughs> That's my Bible. That and a list of all my blog tour books. That's how I rule my life. Sod my rotors for work. I don't even worry about those. Yeah. I'll just stand
0: You're just a free spirit, Donna. That's what it oh, is.
1: Yeah. I do what I want when I want.
0: <laughs> You're a free spirit, I admire that. Remind me not to give offer you a job or hire you for anything. <laughs> free, free, free spirits need not apply. <laughs> it's
1: very harsh, man.
0: Smoking, vegan, free spirits, no dogs. All I can do, those kind of adverts <laughs> <Yeah>. used <laughs> No smoking lesbian, uh, six blah 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 blah. No, dog.
1: No. <laughs> no chances. <laughs> or oh, you'd be sued to kingdom come now. Jeez. <laughs> so, Mister Mullin, if you were to be a character in any of your books, which book would you choose, and which character would you be?
0: Well, I think I would be the, I think I would be the big character in. Um, I'd either be Charlie Cameron in the Charlie Cameron series or I'd be Luke Glass in the Glass family series. They're the main characters. There's quite a lot of them in me, of me in them anyway. Um, And I like those guys. Now, one of them is a good guy. The other one isn't such a good guy, but I still like them as fictional characters. I still like them. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind being either of them.
1: In all the books you've written so far, what's been the most fun scene or chapter to write and what's been the most difficult?
0: The most difficult one to write was probably um, Whistleblower, which was originally called um, something else. I can't remember what it's called. It was called originally called Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. It's now called Whistleblower. That was the most difficult one. I wasn't in a great place at the time and my wife, Christine, kind of helped me through that a lot. Uh, at one point, I didn't think I was going to be able to finish it, but I did. That was difficult. The most fun one, I I liked, I liked writing family a lot. Uh, I, liked, I liked doing that a lot. The book the book started off, it was, called, it was an idea I had for years. It was called The Lucky Bastards Club. But uh, the publisher who loved the book said we need to change the title because it shows that fifteen um, percent of people don't pick up a book if there's a swear word in the title. So it changed the Family. And Again, that was my well, wife like Christine's idea. I enjoyed writing that. I was just I was just in the, in the, the I was in the groove with that from start to finish. It wasn't difficult. Uh, it was just great fun, and, and I think it worked. You know, sometimes. I always think uh, I always, always judge how well the thing has worked for me. Um, they normally work pretty well for me, but somewhat better than others. And I think that one really well for me. I enjoyed it, and at the end of it, I thought I've written a really good book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would think I would think that was one of the most fun ones to do. You have any favourite characters? Just one? No
1: cheating.
0: My favourite character, my favourite character is probably Patrick Vogue, Pat Vogue from the Charlie Cameron uh, series. He's a Glasgow white boy. Um, he, he drinks all day. He's a terrible husband. He spends all his time picking horses at the bar. Um, he's always skint. Uh, he'd kick his granny if the price was right. But he's actually a very good guy. Um, and he gets all the funny lines. And in the new book, The Accused, um, someone has given him, rather than him sitting at the bar, pouring over the racing racing section of the sun, someone's given him the big, big book of quotations. So he's pouring over this when he's drinking his never ending pints of wagger. And he memorizes these quotes. And throughout the book, he'll suddenly come out with a a quote from Voltaire or Gandhi or somebody like that, you know. Uh, And there is a point to all that at the end. But, of course, you would have to read the book to find out, wouldn't you, Donna?
1: I will. I will! (laughs) If you were to team up, uh, Charlie Cameron, with another fictional detective, who would you team him up with?
0: That's a difficult question. (sighs) Most of these, most of these fictional detective characters are kind of loners. They, they, they don't really have. Uh, well, perhaps that isn't true. You could say that Sherlock uh, Holmes is part of and you could say that Sherlock Holmes is Doctor Watson, but they tend to be. I, I tend to imagine them as, uh, as um, people who do what they do by themselves, uh, and that, and that's one of their best. So the idea of Charlie being with someone else is a difficult concept for me. I mean, if you think about Sherlock Holmes, I love Sherlock Holmes, he's one of my favorite characters of all time. But he isn't a real man, he isn't a real person. He's, a, he's, he's an exaggerated pair, he has no friends, he has no, he's asexual, he is quite antisocial, and, and not quite, he's very antisocial. He's got, he's, he's got difficulty dealing with other people because he deems himself quite rightly. So superior. So uh, he's not really like anybody you ever meet. Whereas Charlie Cameron, I intentionally made him like someone you you might you might meet. I like to make all my characters uh, as real as I can get them, rather than you know they're not these laugh at death characters. You know the heroes he laughs at death. No, I, 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 that's not believable for me. So I would t- I would have him as he is by himself. I think I think that's inevitably the way it has to be. When you're editing, um, what's your most overused word or phrase? My most overused word or phrase. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that for myself, but I do have some words that I I kind of outlaw because they appear so frequently. Um, I don't like too many buts. That's used a lot. What else? In the in the Glass family books, because they talk, street talk, rather than say as they sometimes say like, as if they say like, um, I tend to try not to use too many um, hards, too many hard beans. Uh, I don't want to always be throwing it into that a perfect part tense if indeed that's what it is uh, because it interrupts the flow for me as a reader so i tend to in, in the end i tend to try to take out and, and my wife christine does a lot of editing at this stage before it goes to three editors at Boldwood books we try to make it as flowing as possible in terms of the language i'm big on the language the language is important to me uh, and uh, i i I don't use suddenly very, very, often, very, very rarely. I read in one book, the character said, suddenly, he walked across the room and made a cup of tea. And I thought, how do you suddenly make a cup of tea? Obviously something about that word I don't know. So I don't know about what my most overused phrase is, um, but I tend to try to watch some words. And I used to have a list at the side of my desk of things not to say. I don't like, for example, starting a sentence with the act of an active verb. Uh, running down the street, he looked at his watch. That kind of sentence structure doesn't fit with me. Doesn't suit me. So I tend not to do that. So what I've got is a whole lot of um, don't do this, don't do that. It's for me, not necessarily for anyone else, but just for me.
1: Um, If you were to be a killer in a book, how would you kill your victims?
0: Well, in the books that I've written so far, everyone who comes to a nasty end comes to a different nasty end. I've used a lot of things that I can't really tell you about because it'd be spoiling the book, but I've used all kinds of... um, all kinds of terrible things have happened to them. I don't have a favorite. I don't have a fa- Some people just need to be, you know, any way to kill them would be fine, wouldn't it? Um, some people deserve that long slow death that we all talk about. Uh, other other people perhaps uh, are worth a bit more mercy. And in, in, uh, in one of the books, um, the characters tend to be shot. So there's 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 a kind of um, mercy involved in that. There's no hanging, making them suffer. I tend not to do that um, sort of thing where someone is tortured for days and blah, blah, flayed alive. I tend not to do that kind of thing. I don't really want to read that, so I don't really want to write it.
1: It's funny, um, a lot of authors, I've asked that question, they know their answer. They know how they'd kill victims straight away. They <laughs> they just, they've obviously thought about it. A lot of poison, actually, which is interesting.
0: Well, funnily enough, in, in, in the latest uh, in, the, in The Accused, uh, some of the action takes place in a place in Glasgow called Blytheswood Square which has historically been the uh, red light district of the city. Now, it isn't so much now. It's kind of moved on. The trade's moved on. Well, I did a video there a couple of weeks ago um, talking about the book. And in number seven, one of these big Georgian houses, it's a very nice square, in number seven in 1853, a woman poisoned her lover with arsenic. And she had ended up uh, appearing... Charged with murder at Glasgow Sheriff Court, uh, she wasn't found guilty. Although the, the general consensus was that she was guilty, uh, he wanted to, she. I read that he wanted to finish the affair. That wasn't quite right. Uh, she wanted to end the affair because her family had found uh, someone for her to marry. Her family were quite well to do, but he blackmailed them. So in Blytheswood Square you can find all that and it's quite an interesting place. And it's, back to your question, back to your, what you're saying, it's poison that she used. Apparently poison is a woman's uh, weapon.
1: Yeah, it's funny though, when I was asked that question, I said I'd stab them a hundred times.
0: Yeah, really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, poor Malcolm Holland Drake asked me and I don't think he's recovered yet. I think yeah. he was a bit surprised. <laughs>
0: I think he's very surprised that you'd already mm-hmm. thought about it? So.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that answer was there as well. So, yeah, bless him. I think he was a bit taken aback.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> He's like, why 100? I'm like, don't know, just going to my head. <laughs> Are you going to
0: count 72, 73, 74? Mm. You've
1: got to make sure you do it right.
0: Yeah, bloodthirsty.
1: Yeah, need to make sure they're all spread out and, you know, make sure they're really dead.
0: I'm with you. Oh, I think you can make sure you're really dead all right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I study forensics anyway, so it's fine. I'd know. I'd know when they were dead. It's all good. I'd know how to get away with it as well. Oh, do you? Well, that, that's the whole – the only two reasons anyone does a forensics degree is to know how to get away with murder and for the pictures. After <laughs> huh. huh. graduation, that's it. That's all we're doing at it all. So how
0: do, you, how do you get away with it?
1: Uh, various different. There's little tricks. Obviously, not leaving trace evidence. Brown leather covers blood. You can't recover blood DNA from brown leather. Okay. And
0: or or claim that it's the worst case of suicide you've ever seen.
1: <laughs> and obviously, there's stuff that um, ruins DNA and cleaning products that destroys it and stuff. So, yeah. Or just have loads of mixture, and then they wouldn't be asked to try and figure out which was which.
0: Well, I tell you, you're all set for a life of crime, aren't you?
1: Yeah. There's there's a little list, you know. Once I've got through that, then, yeah. What will,
0: what will, what will you do with your forensic degree when you've got it? To...
1: I have no idea.
0: So this is a plan, then?
1: I wanted to do a degree and then well actually my plan was to go into teaching and then COVID hit and uh, everything that I was wanted to do has kind of gone out the window because COVID Uh, I couldn't volunteer in schools because they were all shut and all the graduate programs had been finished all the internships were cancelled so Mm -hmm. yeah really so yeah I don't know now
0: the thing is, but having, having a degree, any degree, will get you a, an interview for another job. You know, I've, I've got different degrees, and uh, they, they didn't really apply to the jobs that I eventually got very much. They did, they did vaguely, but then they didn't help all that much in doing the job. But they got me an interview. In the days when I needed a job.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, right, rub it in. Those sad days. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and obviously, if I got an interview, I'd charm them, and they'd just give me the job there and then. So that's all I need. That's
0: fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll <laughs> just cut all that out and just give you the money.
1: Yeah, just just hand it over. Try <laughs> not to make me work too hard.
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: People say that to me at work. I'm like, you must be joking. Do you not know me? <laughs> I don't work hard unless this. I absolutely have to.
0: <laughs> Why do I find that easy to believe?
1: <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't say stuff like that, should I? But, oh, well, never mind. My area manager loves me, bought me chocolates recently. So. Oh, really? Yeah, because I helped him out. So I can't be doing too badly, even though I have nearly been fired twice. (laughs) But I've got no final written warnings now. I'm completely clear of them.
0: Oh good. That's good good
1: to know. I had two. I had two on my file (laughs) one time. I have no idea how I've still got that job. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to live life on the edge, apparently, someone said.
0: Well, if you're of all your final warnings, you can start working on a new set, can't you?
1: <laughs> That's what someone else said to me. I'm like, no, it's too stressful. I can't do it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and behave. <laughs> So oh, now you're back in Scotland. Does that mean that we might see you at some of the festivals next year?
0: Yes, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, that would be good. It'd be good to get out, to get to mingle, to meet people. That would be very good. Uh, couldn't go to Body Scotland this time. Just too much to do. Still too, everything's all over the place. But yeah, that would that would be one one objective. Donna, yeah.
1: Any particular ones in mind, but I guess Bloody Scotland would be at the top of the list.
0: Well, Bloody Scotland is an <laughs> obvious one, but I'd I like to go at again. We'll see. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah.
1: And then I'd get to meet you in person instead of uh, via a uh, screen.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and then I can properly stalk you.
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't think of any more questions unless you think there's anything that I haven't asked you.
0: No, I don't think there's anything you've asked me. I'll tell you again, the book's called The Accused. It was out a couple of days ago. It was out on the 21st of September. It's the fourth book in the Charlie Carlin series. It's got fantastic reviews so far. Uh, It's it's very gritty. There's actually two stories running in it. One is a, a kind of... Wanna feed a detective story that Charlie Cowan is the main character in, where Charlie is, pre- is asked to prove that a guy who has done 15 years in prison for a murder he claims he doesn't commit, was actually innocent in the first place. On the first day he's out, one of the witnesses who testified against him is found dead. So he's in the frame for that. So Charlie's got to try to prove he's innocent of that as well. It's an impossible case. And that's one story strand. The other story strand is, features uh, Charlie's nemesis, East End, gang- East End gangster Sean Rafferty. Sean Rafferty's wife, Kim, uh, wants to escape the marriage. And she asks Charlie, who specializes in finding missing people, if he could help her disappear. That's a very, very gritty story. That's a very raw story. But his other one's kind of clever, clever detective work. This is kind of violent and, you know, edgy. So together, I think they, they probably make a good a good read.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to reading it. And when I do, I will share my review on my page. But I have seen some of the reviews and they are awesome. So I'm looking forward to reading it. Thanks, Dawn. So thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for your time again. It's always a pleasure.
0: Think, thanks very much. We'll keep in touch.
1: And um, just before we go, would you like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you, if they wish?
0: You can find out more about me on my Facebook page. On my Facebook page, uh, basically. I mean, there's a lot of Where else? On my Amazon page as well. On Facebook and on Amazon. Uh, and your newsletter. Oh, and I have a newsletter with—is uh, it with Boldwood? And my newsletter with Boldwood Books. Please sign up to that. Yes,
1: definitely.
0: We'll what I'm doing now. I'll probably actually tell them what you're doing now as well. <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs>